Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I'm KRMG's Russell Mills, and this is KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. In March of 2022, Tulsa Dr. Joel Leach took a trip to Ukraine. He was there as part of a medical mission put together by In His Image International. Dr. Leach came into the KRMG studios for a lengthy conversation about what he saw and learned in Ukraine. We also discussed how Americans can best help the folks trying to stave off that Russian invasion. Here is our conversation, unedited and in full. Thanks for listening. All right, we are on with Joel Leach, and, and Joel, you were telling me that you um, you're, uh, you work in behavioral medicine here at, with St. John. Did you say? I'm I'm faculty for the In His Image Family Medicine Residency Program, which is part of St. John Hospital, Ascension St. John. Okay, here in, in Tulsa. Yes. and But you're also associated with um, some groups and some systems, some nonprofits and for-profits, frankly, but folks who are putting together help for other countries around the world. And in particular, we're going to talk about a recent trip that you made to Ukraine. Yes. All right, so first off, How'd you how'd you get there? Because I'm guessing um, you didn't just pony up the dough and go. Like you you had some help, you had some organization, and I guess several organizations that that contribute to the cause here. Yeah, I I do a lot of work around the world. I'm I'm specially trained in trauma response and things like that. Um, so I've I've been in many places around the world that are going through traumas. And so when Ukraine uh, when the war started in Ukraine, it was just natural that I'd be wanting to go there. I had been there uh, like a year or so before then, um, and went all over the country and everything. So I, I was familiar with it, and my heart wanted to, wanted to be helpful to them. Um, oh, and you also told me, and this is sort of an aside, but you also told me that you, you do radio in Turkey, of all places. Yes, I, I have a, a radio program there. It's a 15-minute radio program uh, focusing on Christian topics. Um, and it's broadcast in both English and in Turkish. Been doing that now for 12 years. Outstanding. Well, thanks for, for coming in today and, and, and doing some good old-fashioned American radio with <laughs> My us. My pleasure. I do appreciate it. All right, so let's, let's back up a second. You said you were in Ukraine a year ago. Yes. So you, how, how recently was, was your trip, this most recent trip? When did this you was go? in uh, March. I actually got back three, years, three weeks ago today. <laughs> okay, so three weeks ago today, you got back from your most recent trip. Yes. Before that, you'd been there about a year ago. Yes. Compare and contrast what you saw in Ukraine this trip as opposed to that last trip. Well, I, I traveled all over Ukraine on that trip before. And the further east you go, the more you run into uh, the Russian aggression in that country. Because this war has been going on since 2014. Yes. yes. A lot of people are aware of that in the U.S., but this is not the first scrap. Yeah. So it's it's been going on for a long time. 
Um, but you, when I was in Kiev, it was just life as normal. And I did a lot of work uh, around in the western part of uh, Ukraine also. And there was really no big, big challenges. It was just daily life. But the further you go east, um, the more challenging it was and the more likely you were to have to watch out for aggressive behavior. Which brings us to 2022 and this last trip. Um, and you said you, when the war broke out, you were like, oh, I need to go. This Absolutely. is what I do. I need to help people who are having trauma. And clearly we've got an entire country that's traumatized right now. Yeah. So where specifically did you go? How did you get there? Well, um, the organization that I teach with, the, the, the in, his in, in His Image Family Medicine Residency Program, um, is known for going around the world and, and working in different places that really need help. Um, and so it sort of grew out of that. Um, I, they let me know on Thursday that they were planning on putting a uh, group together, and on, on Sunday we left. Um, so it was a it's rapid response kind of thing. But um, the people I work with all have a heart for the people around the world that are struggling, and so it was a, just a natural... How big a group did you have, and were they from all over the country, or were they from mostly here in Oklahoma? We ended up with eight people. Um, three of them were from the program I teach in, um, and well, and a couple more were graduates of that program that had been graduated for quite a while. And then we had uh, one from Wisconsin, um, no, one from Michigan, and one from Atlanta, Georgia. So they were from different places. Now we're putting together, we had another team leave yesterday, um, and they're from uh, Uzbekistan, or, um, Kazakhstan and different places around the world too. They're all graduates of our program. Outstanding. And, and tell us again, what, what is that program exactly? It's a what? family medicine residency program. It's a three-year uh, tr program for the training of the specialty of family medicine for doctors that have just graduated from medical school. Um, so they graduate like next month, and then in June they come uh, and start this training program for three years. And then they graduate from our program and they move out into whatever uh, whatever God's called them to do. Interesting. All right. So in your most recent trip, you said you got, you got news on Thursday. Hey, we're going, Joel. Yep. You pack your stuff. Uh, we got a place for you on the plane. Okay. Uh, you, you, find, you land in Ukraine on Sunday. Well, we went to um, Budapest in, in Hungary, okay. um, and then we traveled by vehicle across the border. Gotcha. And that would be the western border. Yes. Westish. Yes. So once you got into country, and, and look, there, um, I mean, we've seen even Sebastopol's getting bombed. I mean, the entire country's getting, yes. has gotten hammered. How long did it take you before you started looking around, seeing signs of, of the war? Well, almost immediately we started hearing, you know, the air raid sirens. They'd go off several times a day. And, of course, you never know what's going to happen then. So you kind of keep your eyes out uh, for or your ears listening for, for things that might be incoming. Um, but basically, um, people, it's amazing how people can get used to things pretty quickly. Because um, most, most people would just continue with what they were doing, realizing there wasn't a whole lot you could do to hide. Um, so we were in Lviv and, and Rivna and some of those places that have been bombed, or missiles mostly, um, and there's been deaths. Um, 
So we were in places where they were potentially pretty dangerous, but we didn't run into any absolute danger at the time. Yay. Yeah. So what were you doing there? What, I mean, what on the ground, once you're there and, um, you know, you look around and, okay, let's get to work. So what, what'd you do? Well, we, we had planned, we, we decided this trip was going to be a scouting trip because we knew it'd be sending more teams there and we wanted to make sure that they knew what, where to go and what to do. Um, but we're a medical uh, group. And so our, our goal was to set up medical teams um, in different locations. Uh, we sent up a, a medical clinic in a, a refugee place uh, that had been housing many refugees for a while. And we set up medical clinics and uh, just caring for them, whatever their medical needs were. And we, our, our attempt is to do that in as many places as possible. And then we visited um, several hospitals um, to see current victims and to talk with them. Uh, saw a man with a, you know amputated leg uh, that had been blown off with a missile and one with a lot of shrapnel and those kinds of injuries. Um, and then we did some training on, on mass, ca- mass casualty uh, response. Triage. Triage kind of things, yeah. So we did a lot of different things. How long were you in country? Um, just a little over a week. So it must have felt like you were bailing out the ocean with a teaspoon. <laughs> I mean, when you go to a war zone, yeah, yeah, you know, you can't stop it. All you can do, and and the and the hell of it is, is that even while bombs are falling and people are getting shrapnel wounds, they're still having babies. Yes, getting sick. You know, getting in car wrecks, maybe more than even usual. So you've got all that going on at the same time. And with everyone displaced, it makes yeah. it so difficult to get yeah, life. Ke- life continues. So what was the greatest challenge there? Was it just, you know, was it safety? Was it security? Was it just the overwhelming need? Or did you even have time to stop and think about it? Um, I think the overwhelming challenge is just the awareness of how in how much need there is in the country. Uh, so many refugees, well, internally displaced people, um, people who have not left the country but have left their their homes in Kiev or Mariupol or some of those different places that have really been through a lot. Um, and so they're, they're, they had to run away from their homes and everything else they had. And so they're wandering you know, out in the countryside uh, trying to survive. And so we tried to help as many of them as we could. Um, we took hundreds of pounds of medical gear, uh, medicines and stuff like that for people um, because a lot of those things aren't available at this point um, because everything's broken down. I mean, even the basics, the, you know, the antibiotics and, yeah. and the, the bandages and the yeah. splints and the stuff that, you like I said, for day-to-day life, much less treating war-related wounds, Yeah, just completely lacking pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, Ukraine has a wonderful medical system. It's just kind of really struggling right now because of the the situation. Well, I mean, the Russians have gone out of their way to take out infrastructure, absolutely, you know, power plants, yeah, and roads and bridges and all you know, water systems, all that kind of stuff. And they're bomb. They're they're sending missiles into schools and and hospitals. apartment houses and hospitals and everything. Yeah. So, Joel, what's your message for here? for the people here in Oklahoma about what's going on there. And I mean, what are you telling folks? Cause I, I know you're also a pastor. Yes. 
Um, what church? Hope Church in Broken Arrow. Okay. I'm associate pastor, teaching pastor there. Okay. So um, I don't know if you give the sermon, but I would imagine at some point you've stood up to address folks about what you saw and what your experiences were. What are you telling them? Yeah, I preached this morning. I preached a couple of weeks ago, and I do a regular Bible study on Wednesday nights. Uh, my topic on Wednesday night is um, current events from a biblical point of view, just dealing with the stuff that's going on around the world and in the United States. And my main message is um, people are desperate for hope. And because of situations that are going on, a lot of people are losing hope. And so as a pastor, I can tell them that there's hope in Jesus Christ and um, help them find a relationship there that they can count on and realize that they're not alone, that the body of Christ works together and we can help each other. So how can folks here help? Best, do you think? Is it by sending? Because I know in, in in the case of like a tornado, for example, in Oklahoma, everybody wants to donate clothing and bottled water. And what I've learned is actually that can become more of a burden than a help to the to the folks who are trying to, to pitch in. What they really need is usually you know cash, where they yeah. can get the supplies or the building materials or whatever specifically what they need. But what what are you telling? Yeah, folks I was to I was. I was approached by a, an organization several weeks ago, and they wanted to donate 6,000 of something that would have taken several airplanes to, to carry over there. And even then, when the, if they got into the country, they would have been a real challenge to do anything with it. Storage, distribution. So, so trying to take things like clothing and stuff like that is just really, really a challenge. And God bless the people that want to help, uh, but that's really not not that helpful. What is helpful is giving the financial means to buy medicines, to uh, do the transportation, because it costs a lot to get there and back and um, just make it, you know, to facilitate people being able to go over there and help and then to figure out what the needs are and meet those needs. And, you know, and if you're going to donate money, please for the love of Pete, make sure you're donating it to actual legit organizations yes. that are actually going to do the work, like the Red Cross or, I don't know, maybe the Red Crescent in that part of the world. Parts of, you know, uh, Chechnya, for example, and those other countries are, are Islamic. They've probably got aid organizations. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to give to, I don't know, Oklahomans for Ukraine or something that's been around for uh, five days. I don't know if there's actually that organization. If there is, I apologize in advance if you're legit. What I'm saying is you want to make sure that the money that you're going to donate is actually going to get to the people that need the help. Yes. Um, in His Image International, which is the organization that I, I work with, um, they, they're very, very good and very responsible. And all you have to do is go to inhisimage.org um, and you can read about them and uh, the contacts. Um, I also have a ministry of my own, JSL Ministries, um, and through my church, Hope Church, um, it's hopechurchba.com, uh, giving to those kind of resources um, that you know when you give something, it's going to be used where it belongs. That, yep, that is absolutely key. All right, so plans to go back? Um, I, I hope to go back. Um, my challenge is I also have patients to see, um, and when I don't see them on a regular basis, they, they want to see me too. Um, so when I go, I, I just got back. So now I'm just really glad that there are other teams going, 
Um, and I can know, I'll know for sure that they're really doing a good work over there because I, I have a history with them. I know, I trust them. I know that they're going to do a good job. Um, when the, when the opportunity makes it available again, I'd be over there again, but I also do a lot of work in other places. I'll, I'll be in Lebanon in August. Um, I hope to be in Poland in November. So I, I, I do a lot of work around the world also. So I've kind of got my fingers in a lot of different things. Poland being right there, at least to be in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> kind of peek east and see what's up. Yes. Um, all right. Well, listen, this is uh, a fascinating uh, topic for me, and 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 I, I really enjoyed having this chat with you. I wish we had more time, but tell me, was there like if you could encapsulate the the experience? Was there a person or an event that happened that for you is going to be? the memory that you really retain, the, the, the crux of what you experienced while you were in Ukraine? Um, I guess I'd have to answer that by saying I just uh, so appreciate the people. Um, there are some people that have risen to the challenge and are really working to, to be helpful to as many people as possible. Um, but those, those Ukrainian people, they are people of courage and um, strength. And I mean, they've been, like you said, they've been in war basically since 2014. They've been through a lot, um, but they're working together. They're helping each other out. Um, so it, I'm just most impressed by the people. And I, I, you know, they're coming up on a deadline of May 9th, where Putin said that he wants to have everything done by then. But things aren't going the way he wanted them to go. And so it kind of makes you wonder what extents he will go to to get things done by May 9th, which is the big celebration of the end of World War II for them. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's kind of a lot on the line. And um, I just respect so much the people that are willing to keep going and do what they can do in the middle of all of this. Yeah, poor Ukraine. I mean, let's let's consider when Napoleon invaded, what, where, did he, where did his troops go through? Ukraine. When yeah. Germany invaded during the Second World War, where did they launch that attack? Across the Ukraine. Yes. And these poor people have, you know, have been, it's not their first rodeo, yeah. I guess I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, incredibly resilient. And yeah, I think Mr. Putin has uh, opened Pandora's box. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> He's got some issues. All right. Well, Joel Leach, thank you very much. Um, was there a, uh, did you want to give out an email address or somewhere where I know we talked about the, the church website and we talked about the, um, in his name ministries? In his image. In his image ministries. In his image. Okay. Dot org. Um, I, I do want to say thank you to um, Compassion International and St. Francis Hospital and some other groups that uh, helped us get the medical supplies and stuff that we could take over there. Um, that's really important and really necessary. Um, my email, if anybody just wants to email and ask me questions or uh, check up on these addresses or anything, it's just jslglobal at mail.com. It's not Gmail. jslglobal at mail.com. Global. Global at mail.com. Yes. M-A-I-L. Yes, and I'll be real glad to hear from people and answer questions and uh, whatever. Outstanding. Well, safe journeys to you, sir. And again, thank you very much for coming in. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You've been listening to KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. I'm always looking for stories about the people, places, and politics of Oklahoma. I'm easy to find on Facebook, or you can always email me and the entire KRMG news team the email address is news at krmg.com. 
I'm Russell Mills. Thanks for the listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.